Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Amazing Tennis Podcast. Today we have Michelle Cross with us. Uh, she's a tennis fitness integration specialist or how she likes to call herself, cardio girl. Um, she was the Cardio Tennis Global Education Director for 15 years and works with the USDA to grow cardio tennis. She managed the cardio tennis program starting in 2005 and under her leadership, it became a global product and now is part of a tennis culture throughout the world. She's a USPT and PTR tennis professional who managed tennis facilities throughout the US prior to her cardio tennis role. Uh, she was featured uh, on the Tennis Channel One Minute Clinics on court with USPTA, Walgreens Bridges, as well as the NBC's The Biggest Loser. She organized and implemented the Get Fit Vegeta and Million Calorie Burn Tennis Fitness events. I mean, I could just go on and on of what she's done. She has tremendous experience. Um, she's, uh, she's definitely a role model. She's somebody I look up to and I'm excited to get to know Michelle's story and to get to know, um, to see what we can learn from her. So Michelle, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. It's very nice to be here and see you. Yes, very, very nice. I mean, I really appreciate you taking time away and, um, you know, talking a little bit about your story. Um, so can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? I mean, I already said a lot about yourself, but what what do you do exactly right right now? So um, I am working in the capacity of, um, for the USTA, um, I am the cardio tennis consultant. So um, essentially my, my titles have like ebbed and flowed and changed over the years. Um, but what that boils down to is that I am, you know, managing leading, leading cardio tennis, not just in the US, but also outside of the United States. So when cardio tennis was created back in 2005, we thought, oh, this will be great for the United States. We had no idea like how crazy popular it would be in other countries. And um, so we've been managing those relationships with other countries and helping to bring cardio tennis um, outside the U.S. for, for a very long time. So um, I'm a bit of a one-person um, show. Um, I, I, I kind of um, oversee all the aspects of cardio tennis, and that being um, the big priority, of course, is always um, educating our tennis and fitness professionals and how to deliver cardio tennis. So when you say you're one, you are the one that's leading, that's doing everything for it right now? Or? For the most part, I, we have a team. Um, there are a team of volunteers who make up the cardio tennis trainers. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, having a big summit um, in Lake Nona in a couple weeks. So all, um, so the trainers will be coming in um, for essentially their train the trainer weekend. And we have not been together in about five years. So it's very exciting. And I've got a lot of planning and prepping to do. Um, and of course there's support from the USTA. I'm a, I'm a consultant for them. So there are some things, you know, behind and people in, um, you know, at the national level that, that helped me. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm the only staff person essentially that, I see. Works in the cardio tennis space. Yeah. You know, when I, when I did the cardio tennis course, I mean, I mean, I loved it. I fell in love right after, like right after I did it, I did it like in one setting, sitting. Yeah. It, it rarely happens for me okay, because I, 
I, you know, I lose focus easily or, you know, like I'm just, you. Or, you know, like you're, I'm, I started working on one thing. I'm like, oh, I have to get this done. And then I start working on that. And it's like another thing and another thing. I'm like, oh, what did I even, what was I even going to do? But that really course, I really like set through that. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. You know, to me, it's amazing that it's free. Anybody can access it. Yeah, isn't that nice that it's free? So so let's tell your viewers that um, they are welcome to check it out at cardiotennisinstructor.com. And that is the platform for tennis and fitness coaches looking to get education in that space. Uh, there are currently two courses available. They're both complimentary. Um, one is called Cardio Tennis Getting Started. That's the one Emma's referring to. And the other one is called the Cardio Tennis Triples Experience. And there will we will always be adding more content to that platform. And if you are a tennis coach and you do those courses and you finish them, you get a certificate of completion and you can submit them to the USPTA or the PTR for CEUs. So, you know, there's benefit there as well. And the one thing that I would say about cardio tennis education generically speaking is it's not just about cardio tennis. All right. So that education is for anybody in the tennis industry that wants to become a better teaching professional. So my expectation is not that, you know, everybody will go there and everybody will do cardio tennis. All right. That's, that's just not the way the world works, but anybody who coaches at any level is going to get a lot of good information there that they can apply across, whether they're working with juniors, whether they're working with teams, whether they're a high school coach, all those, and you've experienced it, Emma. So, you know, the content that's in there, right? It's like, you can take all those little pieces, right. And you can go out the next day and you can implement those pieces. So, so it's not just about cardio tennis. It's about helping people become better coaches. Hundred, hundred percent. Uh, I did the course like right before I did the summer camp, my summer camp this year, and I used everything from the car. Right. Good. Good for my for my summer camp. Right. And, and a lot of coaches, you know what else I like that you can print out the drills. You can. Yep. Uh, I printed everything out. I shared with my coaches. Even I took screenshots and I was sending in the groups. Yep. And, you know. Um, and a lot of them were like, and then that have been in the in the industry for a while. Like, oh my God, I've never done this drill. Oh my God, I've never done it this way. Oh my God, I've never, you know, and it's it was really helpful. So I highly, highly recommend it, you know, to any tennis coach out there that wants to get better you know, at their job. Great resource, right? I mean, to your point, I mean, there's there's collateral materials in there that, you know, are just they're, they're amazing. And um, of course, I'm a little biased, all right? But I always say, like, I feel like if anybody's coming into our industry, you know, as a new, as a newer coach, I really think that they need to start with cardio tennis as opposed to everything else, because we tend to, in this industry, like, okay, we're going to teach how to do a forehand. No, we need to teach how people, how to play immediately, okay. right? Not stand in lines, yes. Okay have tons of touches on the ball, right? Yeah. The, the forehand will come, but first you got to get yes. them playing. Yes. And that's so much of what cardio is. So thank so, you for that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I really want to talk about this a lot because it's, you know, even the, the games that you're standing on the same side of the court, you know, but without the net in between you, right. you know, right. you're using the, the red the, or the foam balls, 
and you're like you said you're getting the touches on the ball you're not getting confused with like the technique you're not getting worried about that you're getting the touches on the ball before you're actually learning you know right and that but you lose the beauty of it i mean depends what your goals are right 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 Right. and again it would need to move on from there right Yeah, they don't love it first, they're never going to move on. Right. So, so we have to get, you know, uh, and everybody and everybody to love tennis first. Then if they want to get better, we have many, many ways and routes for them to go with that. I mean, you know, I, I work with, uh, I have toddler classes Mm -hmm. and it's ideal for them to yeah. Like for a three and four year old, yeah. I'm yeah. serious. You put right. two dots, right? You put the marks, they know where they have to be, it's right? True. And they're running around, they're hitting ball. It doesn't yeah. matter where it's going, right? It doesn't look pretty. It right. doesn't and, and that's okay, right? And that's it's, okay. It's, yeah. And to yeah. your point, the, the dots are, you know, we, we refer to them, you know, as we call them plastics, we call them flat markers, um, spots, but they are your best friend. So yeah. whether you're playing with a three-year-old or a 30-year-old or a 60-year-old, using those flat markers for positioning, for telling people where to go, just makes your life as a coach so much easier, right? When you don't have that tool, then it's chaos. Okay. And everybody's like, where, you know, where, where am I going? So lots of, lots of useful information in there. No, I love it. And thanks, you know, thanks for providing that to us. I really highly recommend. We'll thank thank the USTA for that. Okay. So we're very happy. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) So prior to cardio tennis, what did you do? Were you you managing clubs? You were a coach? I was a tennis coach. I was a full-time, I was a full-time teaching coach. Um, I kind of, my pathway was a little bit different where I think, you know, most people that ended up in coaching had this stellar history and background of playing at a high level. And, and I was not, I was not that person, you know, I played high school tennis. Um, I did a lot of other sports. I did not play tennis in college. That was not my, I went to a, um, I went to Arizona state. There was no way I was even not even close enough to be, you know, I maybe could have played, you know, some D2 ball maybe, but I wanted to go to Arizona state. So, um, then after school, I kind of started coaching. I'd done a little coaching prior and it was weirdly, I just never stopped coaching. So it wasn't really my intent. Um, I wanted to be an FBI agent. So oh my God, I swear, I swear to God. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So, so yeah, the FB and even going to college at first, I was, that was my, that was my education path, but I took a detour anyway. And so coaching just was always there and it became my full-time always profession. So um, I was fortunate to work in different places, um, Bahamas, Mexico, California, Washington state, um, I ended up building a club in Florida and Punta Gorda. Um, that was really fun whenever you can start something from scratch and you're building a tennis and fitness club. And I mean, that was just, you know, amazingly uh, just a wonderful experience and such fun. And then Hurricane Charlie hit in 2004 and that leveled my town. And um, I lost my house. My house was condemned and it was, you know, natural 
natural disasters are terrible for everyone. And so I was going to leave tennis. I was at, was at a level of burnout. I'm like, you know, hurricane related, et cetera. And I didn't really have a plan B. Um, usually I like, yeah. usually you should plan B. I was just, I think I'm going to be done. And uh, good karma happened. There was an advertisement for, you know, USTA starting new program, cardio tennis, looking for a manager. And I saw that advertisement and I just said, that is me. Like, that is me. And I submitted my resume and I went through the interview process and they picked me. And 17 years later, I am still doing cardio tennis. So it's uh, this U.S. Open was our 17 year anniversary. So so, yes, I am a coach of tennis and I love tennis more than anything in the world. I think you probably would say the same thing, except for our families. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's I feel like it's our identity. It's, It's part of our lives. It's who we are. Even if you try to run away from it, you can't. You you know, like, yes. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, it was the same. Like I tried, you know, doing other things and uh, after college, but then like kind of the, my road was always leaning towards tennis, tennis, tennis. And, and I love it. I do love it. But you have to find what part of tennis you love, right? Like what you know, who you like to coach, which, which way, because I, I probably is the same with you. You mentioned the burnout, you know, you, you just do hours, hours, hours after hours, and there's no, there's no goals. There's nothing. You're just doing lessons. Then you get really fast, but if you have a passion, if you know who you like to work with, what kind of, you know, practices you like to, you know, run, then it becomes a different story. Don't you agree with that? And I think that takes people different amounts of time to determine that. And there is a lot of offerings in the tennis industry. So I I think that there are ways to find for, you know, men and women to find their, their, their little niche, you know, area, um, you know, for some people it's high performance for some people it's, you know, it's, it's younger, it's 10 and under, uh, for some people it's cardio tennis, for some people it's maybe on the, um, the sporting goods side, you know, of the business. Now we have the internet and we have social media and we have platforms like TikTok and Instagram where, you know, people can really, you know, find their, uh, their niches there just like, you know, like you have done, um, and have done a great job with that. So it's, you know, where, where is your, where does your skill set lie? Where does your passion? I mean, I'm not really going to coach high performance players. That's just not my, that's not my passion per se. And we have lots of people out there in that space that are great at it. And it, and it is their passion. So um, do you want to be at a country club? Do you want to be at a commercial facility? Do you want to be at a public, a parks and recreation facility? So there is a lot to, to really choose from to kind of find what we need to do better as an industry as a whole, though, is we need to, there needs to be a better pathway for people to move up and through the industry with good financial benefits. 
And we do lack a bit um, in that industry. That's not necessarily for you and I to solve, Emma, but, you know, we have a lot of our organizations and, you know, th those are the ones that should be tackling those things. But we, we do need to provide a better pathway and some more financial security. Um, I'll share something interesting with you. Um, one of, think about tennis coaches, right? Um, is it a nine to five job? No. Okay. So, so it's a all hours of the day job and it's a weekends job. All right. So if you look at today's culture, you know, younger people in their twenties and thirties, um, is that really what they're looking for? Mm. Probably not. Okay. That those generations are looking for more of a nine to five more, you know, and in today's world, we're now moving to a four day work week. Oh, yeah. 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 So if you think about that, that is a challenge for our industry at a very, like, how are we going to get new coaches into our system if they're going to go in with, well, you got to work in the evenings, you got to work weekends. Okay. Now, again, some of these people they have, you know, that's fine with them, but the majority that's not going to be. So I can tell you that, um, which is really cool. Um, at Lake Nona, at our UST national campus, um, they are instituting the five-day work week for the tennis teaching staff, which I think is amazing. So that is a great selling point if you're a tennis director, you're hiring, you're management. It's like, and I can tell that individual, hey, you come work for me, and I guarantee you're going to work a five-day work week. I mean, that's huge. Okay, now people could say, oh, well, that's USTA and they can do it because they're USTA. Well, guess what? The tennis, the tennis department at campus, the tennis staff, they have a budget, they have a PL statement, they have to make money. So it's not like that there's a, like an endless amount of money and it's a free-for-all. So just like any commercial club, it's a business. So if if campus can do it, then I think a lot of our other tennis businesses but we're going to have to move in that direction because we 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 will not have growth and we need coaches. We are in a coaching shortage, just like most industries have a staffing shortage. So um, I just think that that whole five day work week concept is incredible. What do you think? This is like a whole other. I'm just thinking where I'm at right now with my case. Yeah. Okay, right. So. so <laughs> And, and the coaches that are working with me, right? Because I am, uh, since a few months ago, you don't know this, but I'm, I'm just telling you a little bit. Um, since five months ago, I'm a head pro at a country club. And this is my first, no, I worked as a pro in a country club like five, six years ago. That was like one of my first jobs and I did not like it. Uh, I said, I will never work again in a country club. and. Um, and here I am again, but it's a little bit different. It's a little okay. bit different because I'm in control, right? So I can do whatever I want to do. I can, you know, I mean, in a way that I still have to run the program. I have to run it good. But if I want to be on the court this morning, I will be. If I don't, I have other three, four pros that can that can be there instead of me, right? So so thinking about that, you know, what you're just saying. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have, you know, three, three pros that are very flexible, 
right? right. And they're working with me. Like I'm doing a five, five day week, five, yep. you know, because I do have a family, right? You do. A family. <laughs> I am a mother and I have to take care of my kids. And I feel like I'm still not taking care of them enough, right? Yeah. I feel like I should have, I, sh- I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. This is debatable. This is another this is another subject, you know, when, you, when it comes to female coaching, you know, and we will go no. to that subject, you know, Be moms, right? Yes. I have to, you know, I, I can't do the late nights because I want to give them a bath. I want to give them a bed, you know, but right. sometimes I have to, you know, some weekends I have to work and there's things, but I have other coaches that don't have families and they're male, right? And right. it's, it's, it's easier for them and they're fine. They're fine. Right. They're fine. And they will do as many hours as possible, which I'm really, really happy with. It depends, you know, it's, it's tough. Depends what your goals are, where you want to be, where you want to be in your profession. You know, obviously if you want to make more money, you will want to work more and you will want to spend more hours on the court. And that's the only way to make money in this industry is if you are, if you are on the court. But we've got to change that. But we've got to change that. we got to change it for somebody like me. And here we go, USDA, if you're listening, if you listen. I mean, you're involved with USDA. I'm trying to get involved more. It's been tough for me last last four years because I've had kids back to back. And, you know, I'm trying through social media and actually USPTA, PTRW um, are, are reaching out to me. And we're working a new TR, but through my social media. But I feel like outside of that, I feel like there should be more possibilities. There should be more things to get involved, to do more things. But it's like, how do I do it? Where do I start? How do I go? Who do I reach out? You know, um, because I built up my business from scratch. I built up my business from nothing, from one lesson in, in my neighborhood where I have now five coaches that are working for me in my neighborhood. Tennis with Emma, it's not just the social media. Right. I, have, I have between 70 and 100 clients weekly. I run groups, I run privates, adults, kids. Now I'm a head pro in a country club and I'm doing a lot, right? And I'm also building the social media, but I wanna get more involved with USDA, with USPTA. I want to change some things, but like, how do, how do I do that? This is right. why I am doing this. I'm doing the podcast. This is why I'm talking to you. This is why I'm doing social media, hoping that we can do something to help, to help moms like I am. They're trying that are doing a lot. Like I don't have any benefits, right? I don't have any benefits. I, I, I understand I've, I've been in this industry my whole life and I've never had any benefits. Zero. Yeah. So, um, now you and I are maybe we might be different than the norm. Okay. Like, again, it's worked out for us in its own ways. It, 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 it's, it's very difficult when you look at females who are mothers and I am not a mother. Okay. So that's one thing that I've not had, had to struggle with. Um, I don't know how I could be, cause I literally work seven days a week yeah. and you could say you're, well, I'm a workaholic. Well, I love my work. 
you know, there's always that work-life balance. Well, you know what? I love my work. Otherwise, you, if you don't love your work, you can't do it seven, you know, six and seven days a week on a regular on a regular basis. And and again, th- there you have to lean on our trade organizations. Okay, so USPTA and PTR represent the tennis coaches. Okay, and their well-being. So it, you know, it's kind of those two organizations that really need need to take the lead in developing more of this pathway, doing more from a, you know, hiring, um, getting people involved, you know, people often, I mean, the USTA is our governing body and they have a lot on their plates and, you know, they can't, they can't do everything for everybody. But I would suggest anybody listening is that if you do want to get more involved at your own local level, the best ways to start are by reaching out to your sectional USTA. Okay. So in our case, USTA Florida, they are always looking for coaches to help with different things. Okay. So your local USTA section, um, local community tennis associations, that's kind of where, um, you know, if you're in the industry and you are looking for more, that's a good place to get started. The other thing, of course, is going to the big conferences. Okay. So that USPTA World Conference, PTR symposiums, because the networking opportunities there are just amazing because you are getting representation from everybody in the industry. Now, granted, I understand, you know, going to a big world conference, it's a time commitment, it's a financial commitment, but in the end, you know, those things, those things are worthwhile. Emma, you and I are lucky that we live in Florida because so much of this stuff happens in Florida. So we don't have to get on a plane, right, to go like next year in, in September, the USPTA World Conference will be in Orlando. All right. So guess what you and I can drive. We don't have to get, you know, get on that airplane, but yeah, finding that balance. And to your point, most coaches are going to work that those random hours. Okay. Sometimes whether, you know, we might be single or you don't have kids. So we have that flexibility work on the evening or work on that Sunday morning. But I feel based upon, you know, today's generations and you look at kid, you look at young people coming out of university, um, you're young, you're 30, you're, you know, you're, you're in that, you know, it's like, okay, how, how much longer can I go, you know, with that, with that schedule, each person has to find that balance. But I think if we, as an industry, um, can offer, hey, you're going to come work for ABC Club. I'm going to guarantee you a five day work week. Yeah. I think we're going to get a lot more people interested, and we need we need bodies right now. We do. We definitely do. Like you said, we we live in a different different times. You know, yeah. Like yeah. People don't want to work that much, but they right. want to make money, right? right. Right. That's, that's uh, and it's, it. like, it's like, I mean, yes, I'm younger, but I'm different. I have that like older mindset, maybe because I grew up um, in Bosnia where right. I know how it right. is not to have anything. And I'm like one of those that, you know, yep. is an American now and is trying mm-hmm. to use every opportunity because in my country, I don't have these opportunities. That's right. right. Yep. So I see all these opportunities. I see these doors, but it's like, you know, how, where, how, yeah. it has to be, like you said, better pathways, better things, you know, yep. so, you know, we are here to, to help that. I mean, I'm always for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to mentor. I'm help. Yeah. you know, where, where I am beneficial is that I've been in this industry a very long time. 
Um, I'm very networked globally and like, I know how the systems and the processes work. So, you know, that's where I can be of great assistance. Um, I don't have all the answers nor, nor the solutions, but, um, you know, always happy to, to talk about it and to, and to help. So anyway, again, not a problem that you and I necessarily can solve, but I think there are people like, like Simon Gale at the national campus, um, I need to introduce you to Simon Gale at some point. Um, actually, he, you should have him on this podcast and he can talk about the five-day work week. Yes. Okay, Simon, you're next. Do you have any goals? Any Anything you're working towards right now? I'm, we're going to get into like deeper, deeper questions right now. So be ready. Like, is there anything because you said you're a workaholic, right? I I really am too. That's why I feel like for me, it's so hard to balance this being a mom and I came to the terms where it's like okay I'm doing the best I can I love my job I love what I'm doing and I used to feel guilty if I don't spend spend enough time with them I don't anymore because I am also better with them when I know that I've done what what I wanted to right maybe somebody will not agree with that and there's there's different but this is where I'm at right now and I see okay you're workaholic you you do what you love and you keep doing it and i and i see myself doing it you know right for a long time time. yeah really because i'm not that type of person that's gonna you know sit and wait waste time you know obviously there's time to relax i like to relax too but do you set some goals for yourself do you have something that drives you that motivates you what pushes you every day to to do is it just the love for your job or there's something more i'm not a great goal setter never have been never will be like i've just come like there are some people like you know this like our very good friend my very good friend emma doyle she's a great goal setter okay i am just and then you just recognize that this is what i do this is what i don't do but i always have the goal of you know for me it's personally and professionally it's getting a little better every single day all right and then with um, in regards to cardio tennis, I mean, it, it's always motivating me because even though cardio tennis has been around for 17 years, I will tell you that it still has not come close to reaching its potential. No. So, so I always have that carrot dangling out there. So the one, so, so Emma, the day that I feel it's reached its potential will be the day that I have, you know, reached my goal and, I'm not there. I'm not there yet. It's not there yet. I mean, there's, there are so many facets to this that it is constantly keeping me engaged. Um, I mean, I, I, and again, I'm not saying that I don't set goals. I I do have like objectives or things that I want to get to. So as an example, at the start of this year, my big objective was um, actually cardio tennis triples that I was going to put um, a tremendous amount of focus, effort, you know, and education into that particular space. And so what did I do? Okay, well, I knew, okay, these, this is what needs to happen for me to get there. One of those things was immediately creating an online course, um, working with tennis service reps around the country, um, speaking engagements on triples, doing triples consumer activations around the country. I mean, all those things. So, I mean, that'll, and that's just one piece of cardio tennis. 
All right. So again, I've got enough to keep me busy for, for a couple more decades um, easily. And that triples goal, I knew that was, that's not just a, that is a long-term goal. That's more like of a three-year sort of goal. Um, in fact, um, in just the latest and most recent issue of Racket Sports Industry Magazine, um, there is an article that I wrote on the tr cardio tennis triples experience. So, so that's, I think that gives you a better, broader view of kind of how my brain works a little bit. But if you said, you know, Michelle, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? I don't think I've ever had a five-year, 10-year plan. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's just not my, that's just not how my brain operates. Yeah. How you operate. Yeah. And that's so interesting because I feel like I'm very like you. Like when I speak with Emma Doyle, she's one of my mentors. She's awesome. Uh, the podcast with her was great. Sometimes I feel like not guilty, but in a way, like, oh, maybe I should have a five-year plan. Maybe, okay, where do I see myself in five years? Where do I see myself in this? What is my goal? But I, I, I struggle. I struggle with that. You know, I really do. But I'm not just like sitting at home and like, okay. Well, yeah, you're not slacking. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes I even have to like pump the brakes, right? But it's okay. Is it better to have that goal or to kind of like just try to get like 1% better each day? Like I, which one is better? I mean, maybe, maybe it's a combination, but I think Emma comes down to what works for you. Like I, and you know, I, I had those, I have the moments where yes, maybe I should have the five-year plan, but you know what? They kind of leave my brain yeah. pretty quickly. And it's like, okay, you know what, those are things. So for me, what works is again, a little bit better every day. I have objectives, but I don't put too much pressure on myself to meet them because I know, I know I, I get more accomplished before 9am than most people get accomplished in a whole day. Right. So, you know, you just, you, 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 yeah. you've got to, you got to balance it out. And I'm, and I'm sure, I'm sure you're the same. So don't put too much guilt on yourself. We, you know, I would like to be Emma Doyle, um, but I'm not, I'm very proud of her. She finished her book. That was like a major accomplishment goal. I mean, like Bravo to her. I can tell you that I'm not writing a book, Emma. Yeah. Oh, you're not. Okay. Good. I'm not. There will be no book from me. <laughs> you see, I, I want, I want after something like, um, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. But I could never write a book like me. It would have to be a ghostwriter, you know? So, so you know what I've been writing and working. So I write, um, I, again, in a way it is a book. I write our trainer leader guides for cardio tennis. Okay. I mean, those things are 40, 50 pages. All right. So there's a book, there's my book. Um, it's just right. not, it's not yeah. for public consumption. <laughs> what do you do besides working? How do you find your balance? Yeah in life how do you balance everything you know what, what is your secret yeah I think there's a lot to that and um we were um having this conversation last week with um people on my team at the USTA and we talk about work-life balance I'm not really sure that I like that whole like combination like I think when you love if you love your work then everything is bad you know is balanced more or less but um my free time, um, I love playing with my dog. I like to be outside. I want to go to the beach. I want to be on my paddleboard. Um, those are some of the things that make me, you know, happy. Um, I think what is probably more important is I travel a lot for business. I always have. 
Um, traveling can be amazing. Um, it's not as glamorous as people think it is, and it's it can be physically and mentally exhausting. So how do you how do you bounce back from that? How how do you recover? How do you get ready for the next thing? And I think what a lot of people don't ask me is like what I do to be the person that I am at 55 years old. All right. So, you know, how do I maintain this energy? Okay. Like you'll hear me ad nauseum. I like to brag that I still have a 30 inch box jump. I'm 55 years old. Okay. Well, a, a 30 inch box jump doesn't come like, you know, one day of working out. I mean, so it's, it's, it's little things like that. I mean, most 20 year, you know, 20 year olds don't have a 30 inch box jump. All right. So, so it's, it's, it is that self-care. So for me, self-care is sleep. Okay. Like sleep is always my number one priority. What are some of your routines when it comes to nutrition, exercise, meditation? how do you stay like that? So when you say sleep, what, yeah. how, so, long, how many yeah, hours? My bedtime is 10 o'clock. So, um, you know, I kind of need, you know, need to be in bed, you know, by 10, I'm usually asleep by 10, 15, and then I'm up like six, six 30 in the morning. So, and that, and it's a routine it's now you can't keep that routine when you're traveling. So, so traveling messes, messes that up, but that's my normal. Um, I'm a, I'm a workout in the morning person. Um, my working out includes things. Tennis is my number one. Okay, so I always want to hit the smack out of tennis balls. Okay, the best fitness activity ever. I will say I've been traveling so much the last six weeks that I think I've hit tennis balls once. Mm -hmm. So I am dying. I am dying inside because that has occurred. Then I go to a boutique fitness place here in Sarasota that um, kind of was born from IMG Academy and it's high intensity interval training. Um, so I'm there two or three times a week. Um, lots of walking. I walk my dog minimally a mile and a half every day. Um, I play Padel. I paddleboard. Um, so I have lots of and that's the thing. If you're, you, you, you can't rely on one thing. You have to have numerous things to keep you fit and active, but especially as you age, strength training is so key. And most people don't comprehend that. So you, even, even if it's just your own body weight, okay, you have to, so you can't just play tennis. Okay. You have to do strength training as well. Um, people are always like, well, why don't you play pickleball? Okay. Well, cause I, I have no time. Okay. I'm not, e I'm not even getting Tennyson. All right. And sorry, nothing against pickleball, but I will pick tennis over pickleball every day of the week, a thousand times over. Pickleball is not for my level of fitness. It's just not going to cut. It's not going to, there's nothing greater than running around on a big tennis court, you know, whacking balls. Yeah. So there's that. And then it's also, Emma, it's about moderation. Okay. It's moderation in your diet. It's even, you know, moderation in whatever you do. So, you know, I eat pretty much everything. There's very few things that I don't eat. Um, but you know, everything is, is in moderation. Um, when I travel and come back home, I always go to my favorite juice store and I get anti-inflammatory juice. I usually do acupuncture. Um, I do active release technique. These are all the things that have kept me on a tennis court Injury-free, by the way, for, for decades. Wow. So it's 
it's work and it's not just, it's not just one thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad like we're kind of sharing this because, you know, getting, you know, I've been doing active release technique since I was probably 25 years old. So active release technique is fascia manipulation. You have to go to a chiropractor. Um, you know, they're, they're the ones that chiropractors are the only, that they are certified to do that. Not all chiropractors do it. I mean, that's kept me that again, that's part of my pit crew because Emma, if you and I are not, if you are not healthy and well, how are you going to take care of your kids or your family? Okay. I'm not healthy or well, I can't do my job. I, you know, I have people, you know, family members that I need to take care of. So, you know, you do need to, and and it's consistency. Yeah. Okay. It consistency is the key. It's not just, okay, I'm going to do this for a month. And then I go six months and not, you know, the only thing that I've been missing in my schedule, the six weeks is, is been tennis. Okay. But everything else I rollerblade, Okay, I'm a big rollerblader. So, you know, I have I have my a big pot of things that I can pick from. Um, because you can't always find somebody to play tennis with, right? But exactly. I can I can go out on my rollerblades on my own. I haven't I haven't been rollerblading in a long time, but that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean you have to right. for tennis it. players, like tennis players for cross training. They should be rollerblading for goodness sakes. Okay. The side to side lateral movement, strengthening the adductors and the abductors. Hello. Every, you know, uh, yeah. all the tennis players roller. Yeah. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. Yeah. I've never thought of it. I think I've seen, I want to say I've seen people do ice skating, playing tennis. Hmm. Actually, but no, but This could be a good workout. Think about it. You got to be a good rollerblader. Yeah, true. You got it. You got to have really good stopping, st- accelerating. I mean, it's hard enough to accelerate and decelerate just in tennis. Okay, let alone on. We'll put that on the list going forward. Okay, and we'll get yeah. it on. We'll get it on video, yeah. and you and I are ready for that. No, this is so good. I, I agree with you that moderation, consistency. Yep. It's all. It, it, it's all a key. You know, it's not just doing one thing or doing this, doing this, eating this. It's right. balancing everything out. You know, I'm also, I'm also all about like 80, 20, right. But you have 20 right. more years, you know, Yeah, and, I got, I got a know, lot of years on you. You do, so, you know, yeah. so it's very good to hear that. So thank you so much for sharing that. What would be your, your advice for a younger self, for a 30 year old self or 25? Is there something you would do differently looking back with, um, with anything, you know, when it comes even to your nutrition or exercise, or if it, you know, to your career choices, is there anything else, anything that you would uh, do differently? I can look back and I say that I liked my path. There were, uh, as a young person, of course, moments of, you know, I, I guess for lack of a better word, indecision. Um, when I was younger, like when you're in your twenties, um, I did not have the focus um, that I do. You know, my priorities were not quite set at that time. When so, when I say twenties and younger, probably too much goofing around, partying. Okay, but that's also fairly normal for that you know age group. I would. I, I think I'm very lucky because I traveled. 
tremendously when I was young, I had those opportunities. Okay. So I'm not one of those people that, oh, when I retire, I'm going to go here. Or when I retire, well, you know what? Most people, they retire at 65 and the statistics for how many people die within six months after retiring is way too big of a number. So at a young age, I was able to live in many, many different States in the United States, outside the country, et cetera. So like, I, I feel like I've, I've ticked off so many boxes. The one thing I would say it would have been nice to have had a good mentor at a younger age. So that's so that's not so much about doing something differently. That would just be more like a wish. Like um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really meet my who I consider my my main mentor until I was about 27. And I mean, that's not terribly old, but I think it is kind of for a tennis coach. So it would have been nice if I had had somebody in my life, like at, you know, 22 or so that, um, that was like, was a really good mentor. So based on that, I always try to help people out when I can, not necessarily that I'm going to become someone's mentor, but, you know, I, you know, happy, happy to be if the fit is right. But I think that I would have just probably accelerated uh, more quickly had I had, you know, that, you know, that person in my life from a younger age, but um, I'm very happy with tennis. So I, uh, and, you know, you learn some lessons as you're young, but, um, yeah, I, I, so, so really the answer is I, I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't have changed too much. I'm just glad. I, yeah. I'm glad I turned out. Okay. Emma, because sometimes, you know, you so somehow I managed to take the right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you're awesome. And, you know, I just love listening to you and your story and learning from you, you know, because I am, they, I, I'm, 25 years before, yeah. you know, I mean, whatever. Like, I can yeah. say there is, there is, there is experience. There is experience with age and, you know, I look at, okay, well, you know, you said you have goals. Okay. Well, when I'm 70, okay. Yeah. I still want to have a 30 inch box jump. Wow. Okay. There's your goal. I want to be rollerblading when I'm 70. Oh, right. I can so, see you hundred percent. So, so, so though yeah. those are more from the personal as opposed to the professional level, but that's why I train. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why I do the due diligence. That's why I'm consistent so that I can be doing those things when I'm 70, 80, I might change the box jump when yeah. I'm 80. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'll bring it down maybe to 24. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a book that you recommend? Yeah. So I love reading. Like I love reading. Um, But I would tell you also that unlike a lot of our other friends and colleagues, I'm not reading a lot of the motivational self-help. Okay. Those like, you know, the, you know, top, you know, the best leadership skills, you know, all the books that fall in. Yeah. I'm not good. I'm not good. I'm very honest with what I do yeah. and what I don't do. Yeah, um, I, yeah. so I want to read for pleasure. Okay. Uh, reading is the one thing that kind of takes my brain away from tennis. Okay. okay. It's like, I do, I need that. I mean, that's kind of the break for me. Um, so yeah, I read a lot. I read a ton. I like dystopian t- type kind of books where, you know, it's another weird, crazy world. 
Um, I would kind of recommend, I, I listened to a few podcasts, um, there's um, one on science that, um, but even podcasts, it's like I go for entertainment because um, that, that's kind of that's kind of my rest, you know, away from the business. Yes. And business. Um, there is a podcast called Science VS, Science VS, and I think it's it's very educational um, and it's very fat, you know, factual and science based. So if you believe in science. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of a good one. Um, but yeah, I don't have any, um, real books because most of my books are fluffy and <laughs> for, for, yeah. but it's interesting how we work with differently because again, so many of our colleagues, it's like, you know, they're, you know, they're reading, you know, this and how to, how to be better, you know, in this area or this area. And I'm like, just going to read my entertainment. That's me. That's me. I, I love, I love those books like that. Like your colleagues. I mean, I didn't like it five years ago. Now I love it. So I don't know what I will like in, in five exactly. years. Exactly. Our, our tastes yeah. change. Absolutely. Oh. It wouldn't be good if we we're the same person right. five, 10 years ago, right? I appreciate your time. Thank you so sure. much. This was great. I feel like we could talk like for another three hours. Yeah. Really, really. So we will have to do another one like in like 50 episodes yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Um, hope this was fun for you too. And yeah, let's connect. Let's connect more. And uh, I wish you all the best. I'm excited to see where the cardio tennis is going to go. I would like you to get out in your, on your rollerblades, young lady. So let me know if that happens. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok at Tennis with Emma. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.